0: Hi everyone and welcome back to A Culture Story. Today, my guest is Calvin. We had quite a non-linear conversation and I'm simply not going to say anything else in this intro except to extend birthday greetings to him. Happy birthday, friend. Listen in. Hi, Calvin. Thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Yeah, Yeah, you're welcome, Megan. I'm really, I'm really glad to be on this podcast and I'm really proud of you for actually starting it and the just to let you guys I think you guys have seen it maybe uh, Megan was actually on my show in the past and I'm really excited to do this.
0: Absolutely Calvin yeah Calvin and I connected through Instagram and I had seen his show called uh, Global Citizens. Uh,
1: okay uh, if it's okay I will just help you out a bit on that so yes uh, it's pronounced as global citizens and why Megan sounds a little bit doubtful when she said it earlier is because it's global and there's a space in it and it's ck citizens." So why the spelling is a little funky, if you want to call it, is because when I first started the show, at least the first 15 episodes, it's pronounced as how you would pronounce a global citizen. However, at that time on the 16th episode, I guess, I realized that there's actually two organizations with the exact same name. So one of them, I think is a humanitarian aid and another, if I'm not mistaken, is some kind of charity. So of course, well, I don't want any kind of unnecessary food. I don't want a lawsuit. So, okay, I have to find a way to actually retain what I got and then at the same time, I need to make sure that I differentiate myself from them somehow. So I realized that CK is actually my initial. So, okay, let's just put it as the citizens. So, ta-da, that's the origin that. of the name.
0: So unique, Calvin. And Calvin, you're joining us from Indonesia today, correct? Well, correct. I appreciate your time.
1: You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Yeah. All right. I'm really excited for this.
0: Yeah, Calvin, what else would you like listeners to know about you? You have your show, and what else?
1: Let's see. Very, very good question. It's so good that I can't really... (laughs) It's so good that I don't know how to answer that, but yeah. Where did you Uh, go? Okay, well, okay. Uh, Just a short summary of it. I'm an Indonesian Chinese, and I grew up in Indonesia most of my life until I was 11. Then afterwards, I actually lived in Singapore for almost two decades. Mm -hmm. So as a result, that became a kind of the paradox in my life. Along with that, there are some additional cultures along the way because Singapore itself is a melting pot of at least four ethnicity. Mm -hmm. And along with that, I actually grew up with a cousin who is an actual TCK. It's because he is actually a mixed Indonesian and Korean. And he actually grew up in South Korea, Singapore, and now he's back in South Korea. So, and lastly, the last culture that actually influenced me is actually Ireland. is wow. because I actually graduated from University College Dublin.
0: No way, I didn't know that.
1: Yes, it's a little bit of a hidden tricks. Actually, <laughs> a lot of my show's alumni actually did not know it. Until somehow the, the topic of Ireland came up and I mentioned it and all of them were like, wait, what? <laughs> we didn't know all that. Yep. Ta-da.
0: Yeah, well, and, and I know you're reading through the TCK book, the third edition, and you mentioned that yeah. you were looking yes. at, yeah, there you are, you're showing it. We're recording on Zoom, so I can see Calvin. <laughs> um, yeah, and Calvin's show is actually a video and audio recording, um, so right. ch- definitely check that out. But he was holding up the third edition of the TCK book by Ruth Van Rieken and David Pollack and Michael Pollack. And you were mentioning um, in another conversation that we had, you were looking at the cross-culture kid model, and you mentioned, yeah, I'm part of uh, the, the kind of the identity of an educational CCK um, because you went to different education systems. And so even right. even in your um, higher education, you you experienced that as well. Do you want to share anything else about that?
1: Yeah, sure. So actually, while I'm reading the book, I, well, in the past, my idea of third culture kid is actually based on ruthlessness, like most of us. But for me, I, when I started reading the book, I got even more confused because I thought, am I an actual TCK now? <laughs> because my identity is further challenged. The reason being is that I actually fit at least in three parts of the boxes in the in a cross-culture kid model. Mm-hmm. So first one is like what Megan said, I'm an educational TCK because in my own bird country, Indonesia, I actually went through an international school which was named after the late Mahatma Gandhi. So the system is actually more American based, that's one. So I'm actually an offspring of a domestic TCK, who is my dad, who grew up actually outside of Jakarta. He came here as a kid with my late grandparents and his own siblings. So that is actually another unique lesson that I actually encountered. Because there was once we actually visited my my dad's hometown, it was it was before the pandemic, and when I was looking at all the surroundings, and then I remembered my personal home growing up. I realized, huh? So this is why my dad has a certain idea of what success and luxury means, because back and in his hometown, well, uh, well, I don't. There's nothing wrong with it, of course. But my dad grew up in poverty, so at that time, this is his. Idea of what the current life, lifestyle that we are living. To him, this is what success means because it's an escape from what he was back then. So that was something. That was actually a big lesson for me. And inadvertently, I made myself a TCK. It's because I actually do not move with my parents. However, I actually asked to study overseas back when I was younger. So I experienced that very same feeling that I think Dr. Ruth herself experienced because she grew up in Nigeria, right? Yeah. So that is the same kind of feeling that I encountered when I actually returned home because it felt like an entirely new place to me.
0: Wow, yeah. So Calvin, let's uh, let's get to the point of the podcast, um, a culture story. I'm curious which one out of your plethora of stories um, are you going to share with us today?
1: Uh, okay, there's so... Many of it, uh, I think I might have the time to actually enter a bonus story, because it's quite short, but okay. I'm, I'm gonna use it. the one that is actually most memorable to me. It actually happened in around in around late 2018. I was in South Korea back then. So this is actually we do not actually meant to be disrespectful. Of course, I was actually with. My sisters and a group of our friends and, of course, our relatives are with us. But the thing is, is because my relatives live in their own home and we live in our Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And my cousin, who is in the capital of South Korea, is living there in Seoul, only will join us later part of the day. So we pretty much have to navigate on our own to before we actually meet with my relatives there. So we actually hired a cab to actually pick us up, however the thing is is that we could be considered late because when the cab arrived we actually need to pack our stuff and then after that it takes like maybe around five to ten minutes before we actually depart. So along the way this actually happened twice. Along the way, we the the driver was actually screaming. He was shouting and screaming, but we don't understand what he was talking about. So we just thought, what's wrong with him? Maybe maybe he just haven't had his morning coffee or maybe something bad just happened. We didn't realize it at that time. Mm-hmm. But at the second time, because my cousin was with us, then he told us, actually, he was really upset with us. We were late with... But we were just packing our stuff. Then he told us about it. In South Korea, punctuality is at the utmost priority. Mm. So if you said we need to depart by 10, we will depart by 10. So that means he has to make an extra time to actually come down. And you guys have to make the effort to be punctual. This actually is not something that we only notice with like uh, this such as a cab, but all other areas of public transportation because the people are so efficient, they are punctual and they will accomplish this at all, at all costs. And mm-hmm. it might seem, sometimes you may seem that they are not being approachable to you because the, I remember there was twice that I was nudge and one of them is an elderly lady who is like half my height. When she did that and she was rushing, she glared at me, but she rushed off. So I was like, what's wrong with her? So this is something that is a good lesson, I guess. It's because when you are in other people's country, you have to play by their rules. You have to respect their rules. It's like, for example, in Japan, if you are sick, please make sure you wear a mask at all times. This has always been a culture to them for, for more, than, more than a decade. More than a decade. I think it's near a century. So this is something that we have to take note of. And with the way the world has been evolving now and how global we are, Mm -hmm. cultural understanding and sophistication of it is something that needs to be refined.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, And are you sharing this story particularly today because you want to draw attention to maybe time orientation and being... Uh, you know, for drawing attention to the fact that don't jump to conclusions about people yelling, you know, don't make assumptions about why, but it could be as simple as, as being on time. So, what else could you share about what you learned from that experience?
1: Okay, I'm glad you actually mentioned some part of it. So, uh, NBA legend Shaquille O'Neal, who leads four championship, world championship teams to NBA finals and won actually mentioned this part before, a lot of times people don't know somebody. They just assume that they know it from what they see, what they hear and what others tell of them. And here's the thing, with how media is influencing the world now and how prominent it is, so we tend to in a sense Unexpectedly, we unexpectedly, we stereotype a certain people, like we have a certain way, we have a certain expectation of it, like when we see them by hearing their nationality. So I mentioned earlier, I think I can have more than one or two stories as a bonus because they're short. So
0: yeah.
1: here's the thing. When I was growing up in Singapore, whenever they hear that I'm a Chinese Indonesian, they will say this to me, wow, you must be rich. I'm like. No, guys, I'm just barely making it. I mean, I have a little savings, but that's not that's not fair for you guys to assume such a thing from me. And mm. vice versa. Actually, when I was in Indonesia, the thing, uh my first ever go car, right? Yeah, the pub, the private transport, right? There was actually a very unique incident. So. When I just drop in, the, drop in the car, the driver immediately the first five minutes can ask me this question: "Hello, how are you? Have you eaten? Where are you from? Are you married?" The first five minutes, and ask me, who are you? I don't know you, and this is, this is really surprising. Mm-hmm. But like earlier, this actually goes back to what I mentioned with regards to the importance of understanding the local culture. Because in Indonesia, they are so approachable and friendly that they come off as being too strong mm-hmm. to you. Like mm-hmm. If you are somebody who grew up as a bit of more of a recluse or maybe in a much more conservative background, well, this is something that is a big surprise for you. So. But the thing is is that there was no intention there was no ill intention. The person is just being friendly, he's just trying to start a conversation. But at that time I just didn't know about it and I did not I did not take it too well at that time. So So, this is I think something worth taking note of.
0: So, yeah, Calvin, help me to understand more of the context of when you jumped into, let's go to the story, what you just said in Indonesia, how old were you when, you know, you were approached with these five questions in the first five minutes of being in, in the car?
1: I was 25. Yeah, I was 25 at that time. And
0: you had returned from Singapore, right? So you had spent almost two decades, and then this is actually coming to your passport or quote-unquote home culture, and you weren't versed in this. So did you find it abrupt and invasive? And why are you asking me this?
1: Incredibly, incredibly. It's because... Even my own mom won't ask me this kind of questions as much within the first five minutes. Maybe, I mean, moms are mothers or mothers, yeah? But the thing is, is that you're not going to do this kind of thing to me within the first five minutes, right? I mean, yeah, yeah it's something that is us on recurring times at different times. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. But the thing is, is this driver, okay, this gentleman is a stranger i don't know you and i only know you through well what we i would consider it as a transaction because i paid for my for my for my transport and you just delivered me so okay that's all i expected out of it but i did not expect such level of well let's call it intimacy i guess if you want to call it it's because such a strong impression is not something that i'm quite familiar with and yes, as what you mentioned, sadly this is actually my birth country. It's my passport country and I don't even know about it. So it's something to take note of actually. And yeah, I think it I think in a sense it's a blessing in disguise, but I'm still not not, not really comfortable with it, honestly. I mean nowadays I can just reply them politely. But the thing is is it, within my heart I'm still like ah can you guys don't start conversation with me come on I just got in the car it's just sitting down so yeah
0: I love that I I'm curious about the question have you eaten what is that a common question is that a common just a greeting of like care
1: uh you can compare it to how you how your like to ask how's the weather i think that's quite an equivalent of it in asia is that have you eaten and how's the weather i think in a sense this is the beautiful part about culture is that we actually have our variations of it but in the end it's actually quite same
0: i love that i hadn't i've never heard that um in in like the indonesian or or what you're saying, the Asian context of um, equivalent to how's the weather. I know that um, in some other cultures I've heard when, when someone says, you know, have you eaten? They really want to know, like, if you're hungry, and like, they want to feed you. So <laughs> um, I, I love that comparison of of that small talk. And are you supposed to recount what you've eaten that day? Or how do you respond to that?
1: uh personally to me i just say yeah i've eaten thank you so much that's just <laughs> it No uh when i first started i'm like um, okay <laughs> who are you again why are you asking me this question but well i just do not give a reply i think well it kind of gave a negative impression on me inadvertently because mm-hmm. not that i want to but i just couldn't get the grip of it but yeah. after a while i'm like yeah i've Ethan, thank you so much, but after that, I think I will just carry on with what I need to do. Like I'll just take out my phone and well, if I need to answer, I will just, I will still answer as politely as I can. However, well, I still like to keep my own privacy. So I think as long as you don't come off in a negative connotation, so I think it's fine.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm curious then, did you have to find um, maybe like a quote-unquote cultural mentor for you to like debrief this with? Like, is this normal? that My cab driver just asked me a series of quite personal questions. Like, how did you navigate that or come to realize, oh, that is small talk here?
1: Yeah, uh, I actually need to ask my cousin about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I asked him about, why Why did he sum off like this? so my cousin my cousin is an indonesian he grew up in indonesia past his teenage years and to his early adulthood then he actually left to study overseas so he pretty much knows that he's an indonesian so he told me about it. it is like uh, bro they're not being rude they are just trying to well make a small talk with you they are try- this is how approachable indonesians can be like he told me about it and well, I know how uncomfortable it is for you because in like Singapore or like uh, maybe in some other parts of the world, it's not as common. And the thing is, is you are just terrified. It's because, well, they're strangers. So (laughs) all of a sudden, somebody who is being so friendly towards you, you will put your guard up. But the thing is, is that just give them a small reply. Don't need to be rude. You don't have to be, do anything too excessive. Just say it. I mean, it's fine. Uh, I mean, it doesn't doesn't kill you, right, bro? To actually say something. So I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. Now I get it. And that is actually an inspiration to create my own show. Because I want people to hear what is their story growing up in other parts of the world with multiple cultures and confusion that actually form who they are. And this is something that I hope the younger generations of TCK can actually tune into It's because I actually asked them to discuss about their career. The reason being is that I think TCKs tend to lean towards something which has a higher, which is more towards purpose driven Mm. as compared Mm -hmm. to material. I think this is a trait also shared with the younger generations nowadays. Mm. But the thing is, is that for us, this is a norm. And why we actually pursue a certain career.
0: Yeah, yeah, I tend to agree with you, and I love that you're creating a legacy and you're building kind of a portfolio for TCKs to tap into to listen and and really consider. Okay, I'm not, I'm not unusual. There are people like me. Um, people do have this kind of passion and drive and mission and vision for um, maybe more service-oriented or. Correct. Yeah, to find that that purpose in a career, not just a transactional monetary drive. So um, I tend to agree with you. Yeah, I'm curious. Um, okay, going back to your original story about in Korea, I'm curious, did your cousin, did he broker the conversation with the taxi driver? Was there kind of that miscommunication? Um, oh,
1: yeah. Yeah he does he does. yeah, yeah, he does, he does. Yeah, he does, he does. Uh, well, my cousin is at least uh, able to converse in Korea. I won't say fluent because this is his own words, is because uh, he grew up in Indonesia, he grew up in Singapore, so he told me that it was not easy for me to actually learn Korea. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, he actually brokered the conversation, he actually explained it politely, and well. I think it came out positive because they were laughing in the end mm-hmm. so okay. Uh, I think that was smooth and he actually explained to us about it and knew afterwards we actually understood why such a thing happened and moving on from there from the rest of our trip, we actually take, take note of the time to be much more punctual.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious about your own time orientation now. Like how do you, what's your concept of time in your environment right now?
1: Uh, This is something that I think in a sense is a lot more fortunate, I guess. The thing is, is that my father has always been somebody who is very disciplined with time. So yeah we can arrive at a at an appointment time an hour or two before the actual time itself yeah yeah and the thing is is that he will strive whatever it takes to make it on time even if it means he has to park his car somewhere else he has to take uh he has to take a motorbike there somebody will drive it and yeah (laughs) even if he has to do that and Several times we were actually late. Of course, it's due to external circumstances. He was actually upset about it. So my concept of time is something that I, well, I'm not, I've always been somebody who tried to always be punctual, of course. Uh, So when I was younger, I was taught a lesson. Generals like to put their watches on their right hand because it is called respectful to the time. So that was actually a habit I cultivated. I mean, nowadays I don't really like to wear watches, but the thing is, is that I always try to, try to make it on time. Uh, no matter what it is. Like, when well, this is actually something that I want to, I already have already revealed several times, but when I was doing my show, I'm always in front of my computer for three hours before the broadcast time, because I am terrified. I'm checking everything from my software, all the way to even, to even all my questions. I'm terrified in each of it and like usually around an hour before the actual thing itself, I will try to find a way to relax, which means I will take a short nap if I have to (laughs) because yeah, I I, I can't
0: sleep through, through your alarm.
1: Um, no, no, I planted that in your brain. (laughs) Okay, yeah, I think, yeah, but I think the concept of respect to time is something that is universal, I guess it has to be universal. And I know that there are some cultures that might take it a little bit too lax, so this is well, it has to be based on where you are at. Like, I mean, if you're in Germany. There's no way you can be late, right? <laughs> they, are, they are the most efficient people I've ever known. And yet, strangely, they have a lousy internet. Okay. I'm not trying to make a controversy. <laughs> that is a fact. Uh, but in Spain, well, you it's okay for you to take your time a little bit. So, yeah, it has to be based on the context of where you are at. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, exactly, right. And to adapt, you, you know, like you said, when you're in a cultural... Environment or uh, a country that has a different time orientation than what you're used to, it is important for you to make those steps to adapt and not criticize um, because yeah there might be there might be reasons for for that and built and shared history because of that so uh, it could be frustrating at times I know when I lived in Greece I had to adjust to <laughs> the time orientation. And and even uh, when I graduated um, from my program there, they asked all graduates to come like two hours early because they knew they would arrive then two hours late. But even living there and knowing that I came two hours early and I'm just sitting there waiting for everybody to arrive. And um, anyways, I got some good graduation photos in <laughs> during that time. But, but even so, you know, you, you do forget if it's so ingrained in you to arrive early. And it sounds like you really embody that in, in being prepared oh, and, wow. and ready for your show. Um, so that's a, that's a value you hold, definitely.
1: Thank you. And yeah, actually it doesn't hurt being early. You see a lot of times, right. When you, well, this is I think something that I try to minimize nowadays. I, at least I always try to minimize as I get older is because there's actually something that I like to call the magic of silence because the thing is, is that a certain environment or even a school building or like, well, because we are talking about your graduation, yeah. Mm-hmm. a certain school building, if there's nobody there, it just feels like a different kind of atmosphere on its own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so this is where you can actually like, maybe you start thinking about what could be, what could be the next step moving forward. Or like in the context of you graduating from a school, you'll be like, huh, I used to take, uh, I used to take several of these steps and I never realized that there's a certain crooked, or maybe there's a certain part that I've never noticed. It just brings a certain sense of nostalgia that something that is ingrained in you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with um, using your time wisely to, to take note of your surroundings, of being mindful of maybe even practicing gratitude. So yeah, it's definitely a gift to um, be aware of your time. <laughs> So, Calvin, I'm curious. um, What are you loving about your story right now? Like, what are you learning, reading, teaching maybe um, about where you are currently?
1: Well, I think if there's a lesson that I can get is that nothing in life worth fighting for comes without a struggle. Mm -hmm. So, a lot of times in our life, and well, I think this actually could apply during this pandemic, too. And with uh, thing is is that we tend to look at a situation as a present. The thing is is that in the present, we just worry about, oh my God, what is the impending doom? What could be something that is unexpected? Or maybe in our everyday life, we just will feel that oh, we are not good enough, or this is too hard. Maybe there are just those who are much more talented who actually can succeed with it. Well, eh, I mean, if you are if you have been given something, some God-given talent, or maybe you just have a great luck whereby things always seems to work out for you. Yeah, it will be cool. But the thing is, is that everybody goes through struggle. The thing is, is that it's how you use the situation and how you work hard on it. So I think the quote to summarize that could be called, is that hard work takes over when talent is not working hard enough. So yeah, a lot of times we feel desperate when, we, when the situation just does not work in our favor and we give up. But the thing is, is that, well, uh, earlier since we mentioned on my show, yeah, that is something that i'm passionate about culture is something that i really love to explore and well individuals and history this is something that i actually love exploring and i like i like listening to it so along with along with along the journey of creating my show it's definitely not easy there are a lot of times that I don't feel that I do well enough in doing it like for example on the day Kobe Bryant passed away yeah Mm -hmm. he's one of my childhood idol I actually have an episode and I was in an emotional wreck at that time and I still have to do my show Mm -hmm. so when I did it I'm like I think in the first 10 minutes it was really a struggle to me and There was some situation that I couldn't control, and I was I felt really bad to my guest as she was she was being very supportive, she was being kind, and she was understanding about it. So I really feel bad about it. So I really hope that I can make it up to it sometime. But the thing is, is that when I did that episode, the first ten minutes or so was a mess, and I can't blame my audience at that time if they tune in and the first ten minutes also they tune out. So at that time. Yeah, it was something that is hard for me. Mm -hmm. But over the time, of course, there are certain times where things just don't work out for me. But the thing is, is because it is something that I love to do and I feel that it is necessary to be told, whatever the situation is, I have to deliver it. So, yeah, that is, I guess it's a struggle worth fighting for.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Calvin, what I so appreciate about you and what you do with your show is how vulnerable you are and how authentic you are. And your your example just now about how you were struggling with the news of Kobe Bryant's passing, um, his daughter of everyone in that helicopter, yeah. and you had a commitment to your audience, to your community, and to your guest to go live that evening. And for you to be true and authentic to yourself I think was so courageous and um, I remember the episode is with Talu, correct?
1: Yeah, correct. Yeah, it was with Talu. Yes. Yeah, she was really, really supportive on that time yeah, and sure. I felt really bad but the thing is, is, I at least I tried to deliver the commitment that I had given her mm-hmm. is that she will be on my show, she will be able to tell her practice and her stories and well, I have to make sure it's done. But yeah, the first 10 minutes was not easy for me. And well, uh, for an edit, I actually have both an edited and an unedited version. The unedited version is on my Facebook, whereas the edited version is on my YouTube since, yeah, Mm -hmm. I just have to show, uh, I think it's actually worth to tell talu stories and well, Yes, uh, mm-hmm. I have to make that commitment to her.
0: Mm-hmm. And she extends, um, you know, so much kindness and compassion to you as as she listens to how you're processing that loss of of a childhood idol. Um, so I, I want to say there's no shame. There's no shame in in that struggle, <laughs> yeah. and it just it it shows your humanness and it encourages others, I think, to be vulnerable and authentic. And yeah, and and so I appreciate you, and I appreciate that you're you're brave to share that this this was something that was difficult for you, um, and that you continue to be consistent with your show. You keep being consistent with fighting for your dreams, um, and you're you're encouraging yeah the younger generations that. That it is worth fighting for, and it's not going to be an easy road, but it's going to be worthwhile in the end. And include each episode with rapid fire questioning. Um, yep. I, I rapid fire question, but they always never end up being quick. I originally started off this concept of wanting to them to be like one sentence or one word answers, but without. Uh, with
1: this. You, um, I think you have a better chance on the lottery. <laughs>
0: <laughs> With a, yeah yes, so that a one word, word answers because also I'm finding when people give their answer I'm always like wow what do you mean by that or explain why you said that and so anyways I will continue to call them rapid fire questioning but I will continue to stand by the fact I will have follow up questions so let's start <laughs> <laughs> so Calvin culture is
1: culture is life and as I mentioned earlier It is something shared by everyone, and there is a variant to it, but at the end of the day, it's what unites us.
0: Mm. One thing everyone should pack in their suitcase is?
1: A power bank and a spare cell phone. Uh, Yeah, you can't survive without phone nowadays.
0: It's true. So true. Good advice. One of my favorite movies or books is?
1: Oh man, there's so many. Uh, okay, nowadays for my favorite movies, uh, well, it's The Black Panther and Aquaman. The thing is, is because I was watching both of them when I was struggling with identity and home. So both of them, in a sense, unite that part. So yeah, that I think I have to put both of them as a favorite movie. Uh, whereas for books, well, I've been reading Mark Manson's books, The Subtle Art of Not Giving. And I'm not, I don't have to say the full thing since this is a PG-13. And I'm also reading a sequel, Everything is F, and I'm not going to say it again since this is a PG-13. And there's one book that has always been in my mind, and that is The Kite Runner by Khaled Hussaini. I actually mm-hmm. read it when I was younger. And I actually read it before I found out that what is a TCK. So Mm -hmm. I think I'm hoping to find that book again. But, well, nowadays I'm still stuck with reading too many books of my own too.
0: It's true. I hear you. I hear you exactly. Um, Okay, Uh, next one is Home is...
1: Not a good question to ask a TCK. <laughs> yeah, that, what you expect that in a rapid choir? Really? That should be the first question. Uh, okay, but...
0: I'm curious.
1: Yeah. Okay, home is, I guess, is a place that accepts you for all your flaws and also to enhance your positive aspects of yourself so yeah i think that's what home is but i think it really should be the the main question (laughs) megan you really need to change that
0: well i think you did a good job explaining what your concept of home is and it's a beautiful one okay and lastly story is
1: okay story is a bond that can unite people from all walks of life everybody have their own stories and Surprisingly, you may be able to find one that relates to you. I know that there's, there's actually a research on the stories of food because actually there's a study whereby when you, eat, when you eat the same thing as your host and the same way you eat them, that actually allows you to bond. So that I think is what I'm hoping to explain with story. And for the listeners, I know I did not get this from Game of Thrones.
0: <laughs> Good summary. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Calvin, again for your time. Thank you for getting up early, and I appreciate you sharing your wisdom and stories with us today.:
1: Thank you. And yeah, I'm really proud of you for doing this, so yeah, just keeps, just keep being consistent about it.
0: As I listen back to our discussion, I think I would title this episode, "Work in Progress." I am grateful for modern technology that has connected Calvin and I through Instagram and other platforms, in fact, and it never ceases to amaze me that although several time zones apart, we continually discover our intersecting shared identities, communities, and creativity. Thank you for listening to A Culture Story today.